What's good, Ken Folk? Welcome to another episode of the ATM at the Minute Podcast, presented by Fan Fuel Sports. On today's episode, great interview with Aaron Smith. We cover Lamar Jackson, the NBA schedule changes, Marcus Smart's case for the Defensive Player of the Year, and then a very detailed bedlam preview for you guys. If you're not sure about who to bet on, I think we've laid it all out there for you. So listen to that. And then lastly, $200 picks with Jack McGrath. The ante has been upped. There's a lot at stake this week, so listen up. I think he's got some great picks for you. And lastly, best bets, as always. Anyways, next week, little announcement. Two pods dropping for you. We got one interview with Jacob Vance and another interview with Sam Christ, including a little book review at the end with Sam over the book Siddhartha by Herman Hesse fun little idea there so stay tuned stay tuned should be great yes and then you'll hear at the end of the show a conference championship hundred dollar picks and best bets episode all in one so i hope that made any kind of sense whatsoever thank you for listening five stars leave a review thanks Okay, I'm live from the couch. Got a little clips, Mavs on in front of me. We got a whole lot to talk about tonight. Isn't that right, Jackson? Yes, sir. A whole lot going on. Yes, sir. But before we get into it, I want to introduce a good friend of mine, Aaron Smith, a.k.a. A. Smitty, a.k.a. A. Smoochie, a.k.a. Trouty. Am I going to see you at Fassler Hall tomorrow, buddy? <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. A heck of an entrance there, my friend. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm all hyped up now. I'm ready to roll. Good deal, good deal. Well, we got a whole lot to talk about today. Some recent NFL stuff. Let's just start there. The ATM fan me. wager. Last week, you guys picked the Pats minus six, Jason Garrett, uh, bet on the game. You guys agree with that statement? I definitely do because there was no reason for him to kick a field goal and make it a four-point game when they were down a touchdown at like the 10-yard line and couldn't move the ball all game. It was sad. Yeah. So we're going to take that loss in stride and announce this week's week three fan wager. The San Francisco 49ers at the Baltimore Ravens, last night's Monday Night Football beatdown was pretty telling about how this Baltimore team, you know, is playing right now. Right, so, and the Sunday Night beatdown also with the 49ers and Packers, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, both these teams are looking like two of the best teams in the NFL right now. So it should be a good matchup. Yeah, so minus six is the line. Go vote on Twitter, at FanFuel Sports. Hopefully win us some money this week. Aaron, I'll start with you. If you were betting on this game, what would you what would you think? You gonna rock with Lamar, the MVP? You know, th- this game is super intriguing to me um, because both teams are super hot. Uh, you got the 49ers, who you know arguably could have one of the better defenses in the league. I mean, they're just forcing turnovers after turnovers, week in and week out. 
But then, then again, you have the Ravens. I mean, they're they're the the team right now, uh, with Lamar um, killing it, as well as you know, Mark Mark Ingram, as well as you know, my man Hollywood Brown. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's tough to say. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Ravens on this one. I think uh, you know Jimmy G. I think he's just you know he's a good game managing quarterback, but uh-huh. uh, when you have Lamar on the other end, yeah, it's kind of hard hard to bet against it so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with the ravens on this one okay why why do i think that you're like the biggest mark ingram fan in the world i don't know i feel like you you definitely love that energy (laughs) he brings to the postgame presser i'm a big i'm a big hype guy you know i i think (laughs) i think he just brings the juice man he i think you know if you watch him on the side like you know how they do those like little little bits on you know mic'd up you know, week, uh-huh. week 12 mic'd up uh, on YouTube. You watch, man, the dude just has fun. Loves to play the game. So I'm a big Mark Ingram fan, but, I, you know, they just have so many weapons on that side of the ball. I mean, especially with, you know, Mark Andrews, who's, I mean, is probably arguably the best tight end in the league right now, um, as well as, you know, you, you can't bet it than Hollywood Brown. I mean, the dude – the dude is is kind of his rookie year, so I mean it's 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 tough to bet against them. I think it's one of those deals is you keep you keep rolling with them till you get disappointed. But as of right now, no one's been really disappointed with them. So um, I think they're I think they're a good bet to roll with. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Jackson, you yeah, got anything else on that? They're hot right now, and one thing Aaron was kind of saying is they just have fun. Like that, I think that's the most appealing thing watching them. And like you see the moments with Lamar and Harbaugh on the sideline, like how thankful they are for each other, and just like they seem like they are genuinely just out there having fun trying to win a Super Bowl. So that's cool to see. I've been wrong about the Ravens all year, so part of me wants to just keep being wrong and say 49ers plus six because I think it'll be a close game at least. But I really have no idea. I mean, I I could flip a coin on that one. So wherever the vote lies, I'll just I'll rock that way and go with it. Yeah, I don't I don't see this stopping anytime soon, man. Their offense looks completely unstoppable. I don't really know how you game plan against it. You can Do you think someone's going to figure everything. it out eventually, though? Because, I mean, we were having, you know, our good friend Brian Hernandez, we were talking about it last night when we were watching the game, and he was like, well, just stack the box, you know, stick eight in the box, and just take away the run. And I was like, well, it's not that simple. Because if you send everyone deep and he gets outside the pocket and scrambles and makes somebody miss – all of a sudden he's running down the sideline with space and he's breaking off a 30, 40, 50, 60 yard run. And so I feel like you got to be really creative with how you kind of spy on him and try and keep him contained. But I don't know if you can contain him. I mean, surely someone figures that eventually, right? Yeah. I I don't see any solution in the near future. I mean, you're going to have to stop the run. If you devote all your, you know, men to that, then there's going to be openings one-on-one for Hollywood or Andrews, like we mentioned. So I don't know. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. So do you think both of y'all, do you think they're going to go to the Super Bowl? I don't know. You know, it's one of those deals. I think they're kind of peaking at the right time. You know, they're, yeah, they're they've been rolling these past couple of weeks. I mean, they're not just like beating people; they're absolutely destroying them. Right. So, um, and it's good know, teams also. It's not like they're playing the Bengals and the Dolphins yeah. and the Jets. Absolutely. You know, I don't know. It's tough to say. It's 
that's the thing about the NFL, I think, is that I think there's just so many teams. I think they're beatable each week. I mean, yeah, any given, any Sunday. given Sunday. Yep, yeah. exactly. exactly. I mean, except for, you know, your your normal teams like Atlanta and, you know, the Bengals and, and, and those in Tampa Bay, this, those types of teams, you kind of go into the week knowing that, you know, the likelihood of them getting beat is, is pretty high. But rather than other than that, I mean, anything can happen. So it's tough to say. I would love to see it, though. I mean, I, I love watching them offensively. I think it's so entertaining. Um, so I would love to see I think, it, though. I think it's must-watch TV. And you you said something there that made me want to mention this last point I have on the Ravens. All you people who are saying the Chiefs beat them this year, that was a totally different story. Totally different story. This Ravens team has gotten better week by week. I don't want to hear that crap. That is I true, think- and the Chiefs have struggled. But if they get it going again and they get healthy and Tyreek Hill is good to go and Mahomes and that offense picks back up where they left off at the beginning of the season before he got hurt, ah, the AFC is just so intriguing. So you got the Patriots, who I guarantee would give the Ravens a better fight than they did last game. They're at least going to be in the ball game in the fourth quarter. And then mm-hmm. the Chiefs also, they just score so many points that it's hard to say – the Ravens would whoop them now, even though it was a different story earlier in the year. So I think it's going to be fun, but I think it's definitely a three-team battle in the AFC right now. Yeah. Give me that matchup in the playoffs, please. I want to see some fireworks like that Rams-Chiefs game last year. I think it could happen. Me too. I think it could also. Okay. You guys got anything else on Lamar? Uh, Only other thing I have on Lamar really is it just kind of reminds me of like a big change in the sport, like when Colin Kaepernick and the read option took off and no one could stop it for a long time, or at least like three, four, five, six weeks. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl that year. Kind of reminds me of that. It reminds me of like the Splash Brothers in the NBA when the three balls were just going crazy and kind of like when Daryl Morey came in with the Houston Rockets and sort of changed the NBA and like position switches or uh, position position shifts in baseball. Yeah, and like how everything's changed in sports – seems like another one of those changes where the best athletes are going to be quarterbacks and not running backs and wide receivers before too long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think the NFL is kind of finally catching up to, to college football. I think you'll see a lot now, obviously in the, in the past, you know, four or five years, the quarterback position has really evolved to that true dual threat athletic quarterback. Um, Obviously in the past, you know, years with, you know, Kyler, Sean uh, Watson. I mean Lamar when he was at Louisville. I mean Cam at Auburn. Cam at Auburn. Uh, yeah. You know these they're they're finally kind of realizing that the quarterback position as well as offenses are kind of evolving into that that must need you know athletic true dual threat quarterback. Um, and I think Lamar is just the dude, man. You got to root for the guy because you know coming out of in the draft, knowing you know. Is he going to become a wide receiver or is he just going to be kind of a return guy? No one really knew if he was going to play quarterback. And right. is he going to be your special wildcat package that you Absolutely. throw out there three or four times a game? And then the fact that this dude is just balling. I mean, absolutely balling. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The, the way that he just changes speeds and, and, and the way that his body shifts while running. Same. You know, he's not just vertically, but, you know, laterally. It's side to ridiculous. side. He's quicker than anybody I've ever seen. Like, the, the difference between quickness and speed is 
super real and people would be like, well, that's a stupid statement. But like, if you put him and Kyler side by side and they each ran a 40, I guarantee they'd be about neck and neck. Like Kyler might even edge him out in a 40 just barely. But when you watch them in the pocket and how they move and how quick they are, Lamar is light years quicker than Kyler and Kyler is damn quick. So I got saying something. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I would love to see that race to be honest. I think that would be, <laughs> I think that's some must see TV right there, but yeah, I, you got to root for the guy. I mean, Definitely. he's just, he's, he's such a likable dude. And yeah. I don't know. He's, I mean, his stats, like listen, his two, like this year's stats are ridiculous. I mean, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, his QBR is 81.9. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. So I'm yeah, rooting for the incredible. guy. I love him. I think he's awesome, especially when he says free Kodak. So you got to roll with him. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Coming so... to Jersey when he wins me a fantasy league. Oh, what league are you going to win? Because it's not ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a couple more. Okay, hey, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you in a little insight. Your boy officially lost fantasy, and the punishment is not pretty. So, not looking uh-oh. forward to it. <laughs> what is it? Give me an idea. On a scale oh. of one to Astat, what are we looking at? No, it's it's not on anything of that uh, nature. Let's just say I'm. Uh, you'll catch me on Instagram Live counting from zero to 20,000. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! It should be it should be a fun time. So tune in next Monday um, for all y'all listening. <laughs> Will do. That's, Will that's do. Creative. That is good. That's like it's a solid punishment, but it's nothing like so embarrassing or ridiculous that someone won't follow through. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it, but it definitely could be worse. So <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Um, speaking of the NBA season, it looks like it's about to change quite a bit here. So when we first started this podcast, one of our very first episodes, we talked about NBA season changes, the format changing. We talked about a potential midseason tournament, which Adam Silver had mentioned before. And we also talked about a playoff play in and opening up the seedings and let the bottom seeds potentially play their way into the playoffs. And I think we honestly threw out at, to some degree, everything that's going to happen. So The big changes here that were announced on Saturday, a lot of details still left to be filled in, but the season's going to be cut down to 78 games. There's going to be a seven, so seven through 10 seeds. It's a play-in for the playoffs. And I'm not really sure what this next part means here. Reseeding of the four conference finalists. I'm not exactly sure how Adam Silver is going to go about that. And then the mid-season tournament that I already mentioned, obviously. Those are the big changes. Kind of curious. What do you guys think on that? It's exciting to me. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I mm. think it's I think it's can be an exciting thing. I think it's a lot of stuff they have to iron out. I think the most intriguing thing is that mid season tournament. Definitely, um, yes. I think I think it, it it could be go either way of how the NBA is trying to you know go about this. Either you know they're wanting to you know eliminate you know load management. Is it is it good for you know, ratings is a good for, right. you know, fan interaction. Um, but it, it, it's also good for, you know, you know, our stars late, late in the year. I also think it kind of creates um, a, definitely a buzz kind of in that, that dead kind of period within the NBA. Cause you got NFL playoffs going on. Uh, right. you're, you're, you're kind of transitioning from college football to, you know, college basketball. So, you know, I think Bowl what, season. Yeah. And the, exactly. the early season kind of like, amazement of the NBA going back like oh NBA's back you know you're all hyped up like that kind of settles down and 
the middle of the regular season is just kind of boring. I think that's why yeah. the all-star games usually in the middle of the season. Absolutely. So I think they're just trying to create that buzz again. And I think I, I love it. I love, um, you know, creating a little bit more excitement within the year. I think it kind of gives your know, other teams opportunities to kind of create a run and, and to really, and to really make a name for themselves kind of, you know, halfway through the year while everyone's kind of like, you know, what trying to still, what, what kind of team are we, are we going to, you know, go ahead and tank? Um, or are we going to really try to push for that, that you know, the eight seed or, or even the top three seed in the East or the West? So I think yeah. that's the most intriguing thing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if cutting down the games is really going to make a difference with, you know, injuries and stuff like that. Um, Just I mean, four I games? I don't really think so. I think part of that, though, either. but you got to keep in mind, depending on how they do this midseason tournament and the playoff play-in, if you're a team that – elects to you know not maybe play all your best guys in the midseason tournament or um you don't have to play in the playoff play-in i think 78 games would be the max number that you play so like let's say you win the midseason tournament and you're uh, eight seed and have to play into the playoffs then you would be around 78 games i think that's where they would go with it and so i think there's a chance the teams could be playing like 68 70 72 games somewhere in there but I'm not really sure because I know a lot of the details on this are still kind of blurry. But one thing I'm curious and want to ask both of you, um, how do you guys think the best way to incentivize this midseason tournament is? Because I've seen a lot of different theories and ideas. And I think the best one I've seen so far, I know we talked about draft picks being involved, Peter. That's one thing my, was that's a first idea. round buy. Like the, the top two teams are like the winner of each conference or the first place overall winner somehow getting a buy in the playoffs. Because that way you don't just rest your guys and kind of say, ah, screw it. We'll take the load management. You know, we'll rest Kawhi for a week and a half here and just not have him play. Because I think that's the opposite of what the NBA wants. No, the, the idea I came up with was how about the winner of the midseason tourney gets the 14th lottery pick? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea either. They've they've thrown out financial incentives, but I think – Fuck financial that... incentives. I don't think that's going to get it done, honestly. Because yeah, every know. owner's got so much money. I mean, the coaches and management will probably say, hey, we'll pay you back the <laughs> $5 million that or $10 million we're not going to win by playing this tournament if we can rest all our guys and get healthy. I think if you flung out the idea of them getting in the lottery and being one of the best teams in the league already, you know, that's something to play for. Yeah, or getting a guaranteed playoff spot and potential lottery picks, something like that. I think that would be huge. I think uh, I think a you know like a first round buy would be would be big. I, it'd be interesting to see you know it's like you know the Clippers or the Lakers winning you know that that mid season tournament they get a lottery pick then you're you're going to be top heavy I think. That's um, a good point. Um, so that's be, a really I mean, good be, point. It'd be cool. I think it'd be sweet. I mean, your super teams would be even crazier. But yeah, um, I think the first round buy would be awesome just because I mean who doesn't want to have a first round buy, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and that, and that to... gives, that gives also, you know, like I'm a Suns fan, for example, and I know damn well, we're not going to go to the finals this year, but if we had a chance to go win a midseason tournament and guarantee a playoff spot or somehow like get a buy and actually be relevant to the playoffs, I would be so hyped up in the middle of the season, watching every game in preparation for that tournament, like hoping and praying we can go on a run similar to who, who was it, Peter in soccer, like Leicester city or something like that. 
Leicester That's, City. Yeah, dude. I, I, Who's in second place in the Premier League right now? Again, yeah, I'm, I'm not very cultured in the world of soccer, but they went on a crazy run and won what cup was it? Like the they won the Premier League. Oh, like, I thought they won the FA Cup or something like that, and it was like some no. big underdog story. They won the Premier League, which oh, was shit. an underdog story, like a year after being promoted. But oh wow, okay, well, never mind. I'm a little bit off then, but. I think the midseason <laughs> tournament's a great idea, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, on the seven to ten playoff or playing thing, I don't know if everyone gets what what's going on there. The seven and eight seeds would play each other. Winner of that gets the automatic seven seed. The loser plays the winner of the nine ten game, and the winner of that game gets the eight seed. So okay, hmm. is that for sure how they said they would do it? Yes. Okay, because the other way I was thinking is you would just have the 7 and 10 play and the 8 and 9 play, and then the winners play each other, and the lower seed would get home court. Yeah, no, they're they're going to give that winner of the 7 8 the 7 seed immediately. And then that's probably that's, a, shot, that's a good reward because the difference between 7 to 10 could be pretty significant. Absolutely. Yeah. Aaron, you, you brought this to our attention today. Marcus Smart's been kind of on the come up. His, his name's been floated around quite a bit this year for his defensive efforts. So we want to pose the question to you. Is it about time a guard wins defensive player of the year for the first time since Gary Payton in 94-95? Do you think it's possible? Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> Marcus Smart, I think, it, I think it's time. I think, you know, it, it's kind of going to what the Heisman's talks right now. Is it a quarterback? award well we can raise the question of defensive player of the year is it a rim protector award because i mean it, that's what it's kind of turned to i know Kawhi's won it a couple times um but but it's always uh, a three four or five that wins it it's never it's a always or two it's always a big man so yeah. um you know speaking with you guys earlier um the boston herald had a great article um that was incorporated with tony allen uh shouts out shouts out the grandfather uh, <laughs> a the kind father. He proposed the idea of, you know, he's stepping into the to the role Marcus is of being that torch that Tony left uh, when he was with, with the Grizzlies of being that premier defensive player. I know everyone talked about Patrick Beverly and all that stuff, but I think Marcus yeah, is the I, I got enough of Beverly lately. Get him off my TV. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I think I think uh, the way that Marcus plays not just defensively, but you know, hustling, diving for balls, taking charges, doing the doing the nitty gritty that you know. The energy he brings on the defensive end in general, yeah, it makes other people better without a doubt. And especially since the Celtics are winning, um, I think. And Kim has been out. He's been stepping into his shoes, and he's done damn good filling the void with him out through a couple of games. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's time. Um, I think an interesting point in that article um, that Tony Tony Allen talks about is, you know, premier guards. I mean, they every night guys like you know Marcus. I mean, they're guarding their best player on the team. I mean, they're guarding LeBron, right. They're mm-hmm. guarding the the you know the Damian Lillard's. They're guarding the Kyrie Irving's. I mean, Steph Curry. Every See, and that's night. that's one thing that I was going to throw out is. Nowadays, there's no guys like Shaq in the league. There's no big men that can go drop 40 or 50 on your head. That doesn't happen. All the premier scorers are ones and twos, essentially. 
And like, for example, y'all, you know, I, I get a lot of people don't love Beverly, but he is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. And, you know, Russ was saying he's nothing special. Harden just dropped 42 on his head or whatever it is. But I don't care who it is. Harden's going to go drop 42 on anybody's head in the league. Like, there's yeah, nothing you can do to stop times that. A game. Exactly. There's nothing <laughs> you can do to stop that. And when you think about big men, it's like, okay, what big men would really scare me that they might go drop a 40 piece on my head? I mean, maybe Jokic if he's hitting a lot of threes, and Beat if he just goes dumb, stupid. Maybe Cat if he's in a feisty yeah, mood, but that's I'm about say it. Cat or Davis. And I could, yeah, and I could think of probably twenty-five guards off the top of my head that could go score forty. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. He, I mean, you hit it on the head. He's going toe to toe with the best offensive player every night, and even then, he can switch on your five if you need yep. him to. He yeah, might be the most. He's a position. bulldog. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, I was listening to an interview with him on Zach Lowe's podcast, and apparently they call him a stretch six because last year whenever Horford was there in Boston and everything, they were just messing around, like trying to identify what he did defensively. And he, he, he told Al, he's like, I'm a stretch six. I can guard anyone, any position. And he was talking about how he, he's pushing bigger guys out of the lane. Guys on his team saying, no, let me do the dirty work. Let me scrap. You know, you take a playoff, rest up, and bring that energy on the offensive side of the floor. So I I think the amount of things he does for that team, he should definitely be in the conversation. I don't see anyone else making that kind of impact that he does Mm -hmm. night after night. And I think it just kind of raises the question of, is it a a rim protector award? I mean – you you expect guys like you know um, you know Anthony Davis, you can Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, those guys. I mean that's what they do. I mean they're they're seven one. Their wingspan's ridiculous. That's what they that's what they're there for. I mean Rudy Gobert, that's all he does. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't hardly leave the paint. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's time to really focus our attention to guys that I mean are are having to guard the elite of the elite. I mean Rudy Gobert is not going to go out to the top of the key and, and, and block shots against Anthony Davis. He's not going to go contest he, shots at the free throw line with, with he doesn't have Tom. to try and lock down LeBron or Kawhi he's or getting PG yanked, or James Harden. He's getting yanked out of the fourth quarter in playoff games. Exactly. Yeah, even. Exactly. And I think, and I think with Marcus, I think a way to really raise that tension. I know uh, it, he has improved, but if he could become that true three and D guy, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he, he's going to be a, a guy that every team is is looking for. I know he's, you know, historically not a great shooter. I mean, I think the three balls look good this year, though. They are. They definitely are improving. I, he, and I think he's like thirty five percent from three. Uh, I mean, he, I think he's averaging like fourteen points in the last ten games. So he's definitely getting buckets. But I think if he can continue to transition to that true three and D guy, I mean, I think he's going to. See a see a big uh be, see a big paycheck in his near future. Yeah, he's uh, definitely going to get a whole lot more than the ten or eleven mil that he's getting right now. They might Absolutely. not be able to keep him. To be honest, they're going yeah. to pay Tatum as well. I I don't know. Yeah, they just paid Jalen Brown. They still hold Hor- how many years they have uh Hayward left? I almost said Horford. They have Hayward for this year and next oh. year. Is that right? Something like that. I think it's it's two or three at least. I don't know. Off yeah, the top they of my owe head. him. They've got a lot more money on the books going to him in the next couple of years. 
And I know they just paid Jalen Brown big bucks. So I wonder if that's going to kind of come back and bite him in the, in the ass later on. Because, you know. Yeah, it's going to depend on how Jalen Brown develops this year, especially with Hayward out. Because if he can play like he was in the playoffs two years ago when they went on that run, then he's worth the money. But if he plays like he did last season, uh-oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see for sure. It's tough to say. Last thing I want to mention about the impact he's got, the NBA outlawed the arm bar so that guys could get into the lane and the NBA could be more fun with three-pointers. You know, it's, it's easier for guys to drive. Everyone right. collapses to defend, kick it out to the corner three. That's what the Rockets are doing with Harden. Right, it's less physical basketball. Exactly. And if you, got, if you have a guy like Smart who can prevent some of this, that's everything. And so I think you make such a good point about like making a new award just called the Rim Protector Award and then having an actual defensive player of the year. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's all changing and hopefully Marcus Smart can be the guy to do it. So I don't know. I, I like the idea of having two awards and that way because I feel like there's so many awards that really are focused on offense and you know, not necessarily like the MVP or six man is just an offensive award, but those are the guys that you see winning it. You don't see defensive minded players. You don't see someone who's an elite defender getting recognized the same way that an elite offensive player is recognized. And so I think giving two awards there would be really cool just to have like a, you know, defensive big man of the year award and like perimeter defender of the year award or something like that. That would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would, it would, it would incentivize, you know, just premier guards to, to play defense. <laughs> so, Devin Yucker. Yeah. Hey, pipe be. down, pipe down. He's been playing good this year. Yeah, he's been playing great. He's been playing some team ball. He just wants to win. He's on that Lamar stuff. I love D-Book. I'm a big D-Book fan. Me too. He's a baller. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of other other uh, great Oklahoma State basketball players, maybe the next one is Cade Cunningham. Talk to me, baby. Give me the juice. Give me the juice. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about him? How How excited are you to see him next year? Super stoked. I mean – I was war honestly. I when earlier in the year when they're like Cade's coming 100, percent you know on rivals and two four seven, everyone's like 100 percent crystal ball. I was like, let's ride, let's get it. And then it kind of started to get a little muddy there for a little bit with Kentucky, um, you know, with with um, you know with Coach um, Calipari, just like I mean, every it seemed like every weekend was visiting him. You know, and then everyone was like, Probably I don't slipping know. Slipping in the checks. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, you know. And, New car. You know, I don't know. It might be a little <laughs> interesting. So, I'm super stoked for him. You know, he's a one-and-done guy. That's the little downside to him. But, you know, we're. I was kind of hoping he was going to bring – You never know, though. Marcus Smart was supposed to be one-and-done. So was LeBron Nash. And hopefully we have more success than we did in our initial years with them because I think if we would have gone on a big tournament run with either of them, they would have been gone after their freshman year. But yeah, great hey, point. you never know. Never know. You're right. I was hoping he was going to bring my boy Bryce, but, you know. Me we'll, too, we'll, man. We'll, we'll, Me too. We'll Rock we'll talk, baby. We'll Aaron, do you him. always uh, – do you remember him? You went to, like, PWP camps and stuff, right? I did, yeah. No, it's yeah. crazy. Because I remember crazy. when he was little, I used to play pickup with him at First United because I went to church there also. 
And so Wednesday nights, we'd have like our youth group stuff and we'd all go up there. And for like the first hour, it was just open gym and whatever. And we would just play pickup. And Rod would always have half of the court doing PWP, like training camps and stuff. And so Bryce would just come play pickup with us every Wednesday. And now he's like huge. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. My, uh, my buddy, Grant Murphy, uh, who he's, he's a, He's a, yeah, uh, he's a Memorial alum. Yeah. He, uh, he, one of my good buddies and he, well, he was back in Tulsa, uh, before he moved out to KC, he was, uh, you know, helping out with Memorial and he was kind of, uh, you know, helping the transition with Boone twins, Oklahoma state, everything like that. And he, one day right. was just like, man, this Bryce Thompson, he's, he's a dog, man. You should pay him. Then ever, he just, ever since then he just blew up. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy that he was a top 15 player in the country yeah, you know, I mean, he grew he, so much over the last two years because I remember seeing him. What would have been maybe when I came back, but I remember seeing him in his freshman or sophomore year at Booker T. And I mean, I don't even think he was hardly six foot. And now yeah. his senior year, he's like six six. It'll be interesting to see if he can kind of get in the mix, you know, because I mean, Kansas is the blue blood. I mean, they bring in you know top five recruiting classes like every year, so it's going to be kind of interesting yeah. to see how he know fits his mold everyone was kind of saying he could be a potentially one and done guy i don't necessarily see him as a one and done guy he's he's still gonna grow three or four more inches and put on 25 30 40 pounds yeah plus i think you know with with the family that he comes from i think rod's gonna keep him in school yeah absolutely so i think it'd be interesting to see how he he transitions as well as you know if uh, the old Jayhawks catch a little case, he might be uh, wanting to come back to Stillwater. <laughs> hey, well, we caught one too. Yeah. We caught one too. Easy We're now. all guilty. <laughs> hey, you know it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I think Kansas could use his shooting though. I think they do typically have some great guards, and Dodson's really good. But outside of him, I just I think that he would get some time even this year if he were on the team. I think he would yeah. get 10, 15 minutes off the bench, come in, be a little spark on offense, play solid D. He's really long, and I think he's kind of a guy that can hit a few three balls and really spark your offense. And I think Kansas is kind of missing that this year. Sorry, Peter, if mm. I'm offending you here, but yeah, I've not well, been too impressed with the Jayhawks so far. We're, we're tipping at 930 against BYU, so put your eyes on the screen and watch us rack up another dub in Maui. I'll be watching. I hope that's a dub. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We got Let's Bill get... Walton on that call, don't we? Uh, probably. I'll, I'll, be be I'll be watching. <laughs> got to. All right, let's do it. Bedlam. It's here. The one and only. This the is one the and weekend. Only. Yes, sir. Aaron, we thought you were the best person to have on for this. I know you went to Oklahoma State for your undergrad. Then you took your talents to Norman. Took my talents to Nompton, baby. Yes, sir. So... I want you to kind of give everybody a, a little rundown of what your position's been like at OU, what it's like uh, going from Oklahoma State and having to go to grad school at the Arch Nemesis. I don't know. I just just let's hear about it. Tell everyone what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like Peter was saying, I uh, first off, born and raised diehard Oklahoma State fan. Um, you know, my whole family went to school there as a ball boy for the basketball team, you know, I am a through and through Pokes fan. Um, so I attended Oklahoma state for my undergrad, uh, for the great four years. Wouldn't change anything, uh, about that experience. 
uh, got my got my undergraduate degree in sports management and marketing. Um, and hey, me decided, too. Me too. There you go. Shouts out. Um, so decided I wanted to, um, you know, continue my education and and within the sports industry. Uh, ultimately decided to attend the University of Oklahoma uh, and get my master's in uh, intercollegiate athletics administration. Uh, it was a two-year program there in Norman, so I was in the thick of it. Unfortunately, I'm just kidding. I had a good time, but um, I uh, while I was there, I was a graduate assistant within the athletic department at OU, um, working in our fundraising and development department, which is called the Senior Club. So, which I what I did was uh, worked with donors uh, on you know raising money for student athlete expenses um, because they are growing every year, as well as um, I had the I had the fortunate experience to be there while we're kicking they're kicking off a uh, facilities project with new softball stadium, um, you know gymnastics um, complex as well as they're in the works for a new baseball or I guess some renovations to the baseball stadium and stuff like that. So did a lot of work with donors, um, had a great experience with that. It was definitely different transitioning uh, from Oklahoma State to OU, not just you know as a school, but um, while I was at OSU, I was an intern within the Oklahoma State Athletic Department. So just the just the drastic change between the cultures of the fans as well as the athletic departments, they're they're pretty different um, for only being, you know, an hour away from each other. So uh, definitely a cool experience with that. And um, it was good to kind of see both sides of things. Mm-hmm. You're you're still you're still working for them right now, right? I'm not no. So I um I graduated in May, um and then I finished up my time there um beginning of September. So I'm uh kind of transitioning between jobs right now. Um have some good opportunities at several places. So we'll see how it goes and um yeah. So we'll see. No. So I my graduate assistantship ended within the beginning of September. So back in Tulsa right now. So we'll we'll see. Uh, nice. Well, good luck in your free agency. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> trying to trying to play the field, see see where the best fit for me is. And, exactly. Get that um, max deal. In, get that max yeah, deal. Yes. I'm hoping so. But definitely <laughs> staying in sports. But um, so yeah, we'll see. But it's a it's a big weekend, baby. We'll see how it rolls. And you know, it's I'm gonna be rooting for the pokes. So hopefully, we get that dub. Yes. Hopefully I wanna, so. I want to ask you. You told me a little bit about some of the recruiting stuff that goes behind the scenes at OU. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how much you can unveil with the little Jordan package stuff that you, <laughs> you showed me. I don't know. Am I crossing any boundaries here? No, no, no. I mean, that team, that those guys are already playing right now. So, um, yeah. So, you, so, yeah. You were making, like, it, the album for them, right? So, um, while I was there, uh, I had the cool opportunity um, to really – um do a lot of work with our national signing day event for football so there's two signing days event within college football now um there's an early signing day period which is in december uh, like mid-december kind of right before christmas and that's now the like legit signing day most guys are are signing that day um so it is considered the early signing day period but it it ultimately is like the signing day period nowadays right mm-hmm. um so when i was at ou um you know, we really wanted to revamp our donor experience uh, and, and kind of make a bigger deal within our, you know, signing day experience for a donor. So in the past, it was like, 
you know, a, a basically a snooze fest. It was like Wednesday <laughs> afternoon lunch and you come in and the, like coach Stoops or coach Raleigh would talk for like an hour about each kid and like what he's going to do for OU football. And it was like, okay, let's, this is kind of overdue. So what we kind of decided, we worked a lot with Oklahoma's football's created team, which is crazy. I mean, the fact the, I mean, the way that these guys are doing it with, you know, videography, photography, the way that they exploit their, their, their athletes, as well as, you know, guys come in, it's ridiculous. Um, and that's why they get the recruits that they do. Um, mm-hmm. But I had the opportunity to, you know, do a lot of stuff with um, our donor experience with, you know, creating this um, kind of different um, national signing day event. So each recruiting class at OU, they all have their kind of different name for their class. So the one that I was for 2019 was called the New Wave 19. Um, and it was kind of honing on the album release of, you know, you know, they're on that new wave, that new rave rap, the new new wave trap music, whatever it may be. They're like, yeah. they're the new wave. Um, so it was honing on that. So a lot of we, I worked a lot with our creative football's creative team with getting, you know, each each player had their own album cover, um, you know, with their stats on it. And anytime they sign, they put it out on Twitter of, you know, them picking out a, a vinyl record out of a, out of a record store and they put it on the, on the, uh, the record player and it spins and it shows their highlights. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. But that's not did a lot with that. And um, I think I actually saw some of that on Twitter. Like that, that sounds pretty yeah. familiar. Yeah. So, I mean, they, I mean, they, the recruiting class this year was crazy. I mean, they had, uh, All the, for five the one stars. that I was involved in, they had, you know, the number one quarterback in the country, the number one in the country, the number one, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, the number one wide three receiver. Three wide receivers, right? Three five stars. Yeah, Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, and uh, Treyon Bridges. I mean, they three were, I think, top five Loaded. wide receivers. They have Austin Stogner, who was the number one tight end coming out. Uh, 2019 class. I mean, it's crazy. So they're 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 young guys. Obviously, are are gonna be pretty talented. But um, so definitely got to experience that with working with Jordan, um, all that kind of different stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. Glad I got to experience it. Hell yeah! Well, any of those guys gonna make an impact on this game Saturday? What's your take on it? Are the Pokes gonna win? <laughs> so I, I going into this when we talked about this, I. I created about I, I created the keys to both teams on how they can win. Okay. So I have like five different points on, you know, the keys to for how they're gonna win if they if they utilize these keys of you know my keys, then they would uh, also win the ball game. So I like that. Um, <laughs> Let's go. So <laughs> for Oklahoma, should I start? You want me to start with OU or you want me to start with? Let's Oklahoma go with State? the Cowboys. Let's do okay. it. I got one so, big one. I think you're gonna have it. So my first key, which is the most important key for Oklahoma State, you got to stop the quarterback run. Right. You have to. You got to. I know a lot of people, I know it's kind of flying over Twitter with Gundy's, you know, you know, he's press one dimensional, he's week. a one trick pony. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he, they basically run the triple option, but it happened in the spread. I mean, he brings up a good point. The fact that he's run, he's rushed 180 times this year. Yeah. He's got and running the, back numbers. And the quarter, the quarterback at, at Army, who's the triple option team, only has 127. Oh, wow. I mean, if you keep watching um, their games, I mean, especially, you know, late in the past four or five games, I mean, they're begging you gotta to stop lose the one. quarterback run. You have to. Oh, you yeah, gotta stop yeah, it. That is true. You got to stop the quarterback run. 
Uh, I think he's definitely a, a run first guy. I think that's kind of the reason why he got beat out at Alabama is yep. I don't think he's a premier thrower. I mean, he passer. definitely can. Yeah. I think CD lamb makes him look better throwing than he actually is. CD lamb if, and Lincoln Riley mm-hmm, blanket. Absolutely. A lot of. So, so I think yeah. if, if OSU can't stop the quarterback run, it's going to be a long day. So we'll see how that goes. Um, also, they got to have the OSU has to have that nothing to lose mentality. You got to go right. have the mentality of 2018 and 2014, where you, I mean, other than that, besides those two years, I can't think of any other years where they're playing OU in Bedlam and whoever wins is winning the Big 12. I mean, that's awfully what it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when they have that Gundy, unfortunately, you know, playing conservative, trying to play smart. It doesn't come out the way they want to. I know playing not to lose won. instead of playing to win. Absolutely. And then last year they had – I mean, those two years they had nothing to lose. I mean, 2014 they won a game and they took – they ultimately allowed them to be bowl eligible. Last year, kind of the same thing. I know last year they didn't win, but, you know, they were, they were put, in a, put in a scenario to win. So Corn Dog had a chance to win that game. Absolutely. And, I mean, Corn Dog played. He played his ass that off game. that game, but – yeah, not not a big corn dog fan, but that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> so if they come in with the nothing to lose mentality, I think they're in a good spot. Um, I think they gotta let Drew Brown play. I think yeah. they I think last week they got open um, you I mean, I know it was kind of a short week, tra- short transition to be QB one, but they kinda of had him in that game manager mode, uh, making it a little vanilla. Simple. Yeah. Absolutely. So they gotta let him play. I mean he's I mean, he's no Joe Schmo off the street. I mean, the dude's played, I think, 31 games. Like, he I mean, started he's two a, full seasons at Hawaii and was pretty yeah. damn good there. I mean, he has experience, so I think if they let him open it up, I think we have a good chance. Right. Um, and then you got to implement Shuba in the passing game. I think yep. um, we kind of got a little snippet of that against KU as well as West Virginia. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of saw the impact that that had. I know, I mean, obviously with – with Tylen out, with Spencer out, you know, two of your most explosive, explosive players are gone. You're going to really key on your your most explosive player in Chuba in the, in the run game. Yeah. I think all you kind of realize is they're going to hand it to him at least 26 times that game, so they're going to really stack the box. So I think if you implement some play action, screen, even throw him, you know, slants across the middle, I think that's going to be huge. And another big one, which I've been honing on, harping about all year long, is you have to get Jelani Woods more involved. I mean, the okay. dude is he's massive. six six foot eight. He's yeah. athletic. You got to get him more involved. I know. Yeah, I've been involved. at I've been at parties where he was there and stuff, and he's actually oh, one of my good there? friends. Well, he, it was it was small get-togethers, but I actually never saw him drinking or doing anything really. Kickback. Well, he was <laughs> one of my roommates at the time. One of his best friends from high school is on the team, and so like Jelani. And Lamarcus, he's not on the team anymore, but a bunch of guys, they would always be around. And Jelani, like, I have a picture of him standing with one of my friends. It's about 5'3", and he barely comes above his waist. Like, it's just stupid. Jelani's a giant. Yeah. He's a big dude, and he's athletic. I think he – He's a quarterback first. Yeah, he came in as a quarterback. Obviously, they, they were kind of stacked at quarterback. Saw him talent. They beat them up. I think he's super athletic. And obviously, he can really catch the football. I don't know why we, they don't utilize him more in the passing game. I know they kind of did a little bit against KU. Obviously, they did against West Virginia. He had a touchdown catch. Right. But 
they got to, I mean, you got to utilize them more. I think they're going to be really stacking the box instead of having to go across the middle, um, even a little play action rollouts to them, I think could be key. So if o- if Oklahoma State follows those five keys, Aaron Smith's keys to success, they will win <laughs> the football game on Saturday. I like it. Oh, yeah. I like it. I got one so, other one to throw at you that I think is going to be huge, and that's the yeah. turnover battle. I think we've got to create some Absolutely. turnovers and not not give very many away. I think if we Absolutely. can win that turnover battle, that's going to give us a good chance. Absolutely. I think Gundy always says – if you if you have if you win the turnover battle and what does he also say? He says if you win the turnover battle and you reduce the penalties, you're gonna win the football game. And that's yeah. and that has been something that OSU has struggled with in the past. So many stupid penalties, not just you know holding calls. Those are gonna happen, but you know, defensive like pass interference and late hits out of bounds, absolutely, stuff. yeah. Uh, which has been super key this year that they have, they've been way more disciplined this year than they have in the past. And then obviously, you know, a guy like Kobe, Colby Harbell Peel, the dude is all having all American numbers. I mean, creating turnovers. I think that's key. I agree with you on that. And the defense has been playing really well. Yeah. they have. Um, and, and ultimately I, so I'll, I'll go into that after I get my keys to OU. So if OU okay. follows these five keys, they will win the football game on Saturday. So hit me kind of harping on the turnover they got to minimize turnovers especially at the quarterback position right uh i think the last three games jalen's had six turnovers and most of those have been in the fourth quarter too fourth quarter fumbles stupid throws picks i mean what kind of spencer's been doing is you know rolling throwing across his body towards the middle you can't do that i mean jalen's been doing that terrible ball security yeah so uh i think that's something that obviously Oh, you stop a scene they're gonna really work on. But I think if they minimize their turnover, especially at the quarterback position, I think they're gonna be doing well. Cause I mean, look, if you look at you know, Baylor as well as last weekend, I mean he had the fumble going across the goal line. He had the fumble when he was like on the ten against TC and the camp guy came up behind him, stripped him. Yeah. I mean he was he had a bad pick. Like, Iowa State too, yeah. man. He had some bad ones against Iowa State. Yeah. I think what was it TCU had a fumble, an interception and fumble, Baylor he had an interception and two fumbles, and then Iowa State he had a pick. So. Yeah, and in the Iowa State game they dropped two pick sixes. Like he very well could have had three picks in that game. Two of them were two yeah. for touchdowns. So I think if they minimize those turnovers, the quarterback position, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, another big thing that they have that's been pretty key with them is defensive consistency, especially late in the games. I mean they. I don't know what happens between the transition halfway to the third and the fourth, but their just defense quit showing up. I mean, their defense has definitely improved. I mean, I think they're like top 30 defensively. I mean, it's crazy how much they've improved over time. But, I mean, I don't know what the deal is, especially against Iowa State. K-State, too. That K-State game, the offense finally got going, but the defense just couldn't get a stop to save their life. Couldn't. I mean, especially in Iowa State and TCU, the fact that, I mean, they were multiple touchdown lead going into the you know halfway third and into the fourth quarter and they just I don't know what happens they just right. quit playing so I think if they have a lot of defensive consistency especially late in the games I think they'll be fine uh, and it goes into you know keeping their foot on the pedal I think that they are starting off really hot and especially in a lot of these games but besides Baylor which was awful um, but I think if they you know get on top of OSU quickly and early they got to keep you know foot on the pedal 
and have defensive consistency with that. Yeah. And then another thing that I think is interesting that, you know, he is a new wave 19 guy. I think they got to get Ramondre Stevenson more involved. He's uh he's kind of more of their third down back. He's a Juco transfer okay. uh, this year. Super big dude. Uh, I know Kennedy Brooks is really good. I mean, I, it tells you something about their run, Oklahoma's run game this year when Jalen Hurts is your leading rusher as well yeah. as their yeah. leader passer. But um, I think they don't utilize Ramondre Stevenson enough. He's a really big body <laughs> dude. So he's six foot two thirty two. I mean, he's a big load, and I think OSU's kind of struggled with. Yeah, he's a big kid. Um, so I think OSU's in the past has kind of struggled with bigger backs. Um, especially yes, up front. We never have kinda... the biggest, strongest athletes on defense, it seems like. Yeah. And so, especially up front, since we're so young um, and we're kind of undersized on linebacker, I think if they utilize kind of more big back rather than, you know, using them as a third down back, I think that um, they'll kind of see some success in the run game. That has been hurting them, uh, you know, which has kind of been a surprise this year since, you know, they have had. The best offensive line in the country, but let alone they're only returning one starter this year on the offensive line. So if they, if Oklahoma utilizes Aaron Smith's four keys to success, they'll win the football game on Saturday. <laughs> All right, I like it. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think this game is super interesting than rather other Bedlam games in the past. I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. Um, I think both both defenses are a lot better as well as I don't think offensively um you know obviously oh you still a great offensive team i just don't think that they're as good as they have in the past no they're that um, offense the, is not as good as it was with baker and kyler definitely absolutely and especially with oklahoma state with missing you know two two of their three best players on offense two of the most explosive explosive players on offense i think it's going to be a really big defensive battle I'm saying it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's still going to be in the 30s, but it's yeah. definitely not going to be, yeah. you know, what it's been in the past. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not going to be 45, yeah, or yeah. 62, 55 or something like that. Yeah, so I ultimately, unfortunately, I think Oklahoma is going to win. Um, I, I, know, I know they're 13.5-point favorites. I don't think – I think it's going to be closer than that. Um, but I just think, unfortunately – Oklahoma State offensively or, you know, they just don't have the, the pieces to really win the ball game. I think if Spencer was playing, I would have a lot more confidence because they OU has struggled against running quarterbacks, as I saw last weekend. Um, but I think ultimately OU, I think they're just better coach, better athletes. So I think – I definitely uh, agree. OU, I think I think on OU paper win. this is a clear-cut OU victory. But those are always the games that, for whatever reason, to me, it seems like OSU comes out with the nothing-to-lose mentality, especially at home. I know it's been at least the class I'm in. We have not seen a victory against OU yet in our time here. And I know they're pretty rare and hard to come by in Stillwater. But (laughs) I I know a lot of people there would love to see one. And I just feel like it's a game where everyone's going to be counting them out. They got the backup quarterback. They're missing their best player on offense. Well, maybe – uh, best wide receiver, best receiver. yeah definitely and so i just think it could be one of those games that everyone writes osu off and uh oh you's gonna beat them they're gonna go play baylor again in the big 12 championship and try to sneak their way into the playoff but not so fast i think this might be a game that trips them up yeah but i, I say that every it. year i say it every year <laughs> i love i you know it's you kind of go into this game i mean every year you're just like you know <laughs> Yeah, you're like I 
me, cautiously for me optimistic. I think it's just like you know we're not gonna lose this game we're not just lose we're not we're not gonna win this game and then you get a little Coors Light in you and you're like hell yeah we're gonna win oh this game. yeah Let's get I, it. I go to the tailgates <laughs> and I start popping off my group text and who wants 40 on OU blah 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 yeah. and yeah and then I the next thing you know it's a disappointing night yeah <laughs> what do you think Peter you uh you're I know you you kind of have those OSU ties but you are a rock chalk alum, so you kind of have that neutral. Um, and I guess it would say neutral, but you kind of aren't all in on it. But what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Yeah, so I used to be dedicated to catching every single down of my Cowboys, but you know, I, as I went to school here at KU and everything, it just kind of like faded a little bit. At least my ability to watch every down, but. I, I haven't been that impressed with this OU team, to be honest. I, I like what you said about stopping the run. I think if OSU can get pressure up the middle, that's really where they could maybe create some of those turnovers um, from Jalen. Like like you mentioned in the Iowa State game, he they had pressure up the middle. He was forced out right there late in the game in the fourth quarter, and that was that horrible, horrible picky through, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, And so I think that's a great key that you mentioned, just, you know, plugging that up. I, I think that's definitely what they need to do. And so, I don't know, I, I think OU's got a, or OSU's got a good shot. I don't know much about Drew Brown. I didn't get to watch the game this weekend. So I think, obviously, that's a huge key for OSU. What's Drew Brown going to play like? One start for the Cowboys, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he played – he got a decent amount of game game before last. Yeah, well – He said some playing time. This last week was his first true start. And yeah. So one true start, and then he's being thrown into the fire of a Bedlam rivalry. But so. here's – I'm going to give you a counter to that real quick. He – this is – he's a grad transfer, transfer from Hawaii. Um, he got a red shirt because he didn't play at all last season, and it was expected to be his last year. So this is it for him. This is – you know, like his last chance. Like it's, he's lucky to even have this opportunity that Spencer went down. And so he has nothing to lose. Like if anything, he has the world to gain. He doesn't play that well. Eh, you're the backup, you know, whatever. Oh, he's good. It's Bedlam. I just feel like he's going to come out and sling it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and history history has shown that, you know, a quarterback coming to Bedlam after, you know, one true start has won the ball game and his name is Mason Rudolph. So <laughs> you never know, but I don't know. It's I think you're right. I think I think experience at quarterback plays in OU's favor. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Stop yeah, the run. Definitely agree. Let's let's let Drew Brown chuck it around the yard. Not be one dimensional with you, but I don't know. My my right. my take on the game is I like Oklahoma State plus thirteen. Do you agree with that, Aaron? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Um, one last thing I got before we go about you were saying we got to get pressure up the middle. One thing we do way too often that drives me nuts is it seems like we only rush three and we sit back and rely on our DBs to blanket the coverage and prevent whatever's going to happen downfield. That is not going to work against OU. Lincoln Riley's way too damn good for that. We got to get pressure on Jalen Hurts and make him make mistakes. And I think that's all I got. I though. think uh, I, I agree with you. And one thing that just drives me crazy with his Jim Nill scheme is, you know, he has those three down guys, but then he'll put, you know, Brock Martin or, or Trace Ford, one of those, you know, bigger DNs, and he'll, like, 
yeah. he'll roam him, he'll roam him like as a middle linebacker, and then he'll like go ahead and get pressure, like rush the passer. So it's just like I don't understand it. I mean, again, I don't get paid millions of dollars to coach football, but <laughs> right, I I think you'd rather have. I mean, they they technically have that three down line, but they're still rushing four. So I don't really understand it. Why not just put the guy on the line? But hey, whatever. And I think yeah, big... I'm I'm hoping they'll have the plan A ready for this <laughs> game, and there will be no hiccups. Yeah, and I think uh, I think one guy that we miss for that would be perfect is. My boy, uh, the notorious Calvin Bundage. I think mm. you know, we're really we're really hurt without him. Them. I mean, yeah. he's the perfect guy to 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 be as a spy, uh, rush the passer late as well as plug and middle. So it's a good point. It's it's tough. He's my guy. I love the notorious, but the good <laughs> thing is we'll have him next year. So. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right. Well, that's all I got on the game. I know we just went super long. So. You guys got any final or final thoughts before we finish up? Here? Nah, go Pokes. No. Aaron, plug it away, man. Where where can we where can we find you? You know, I am a easy man to find. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me uh, on pretty much every social media. To be honest, I don't really know my social media handle, so give me one second, um, and I will I will uh, be able to be able to tell you. Um, give me one second here. So if you want to follow me on on Instagram. It's a underscore Smitty, yeah, with four Y's, um, and then on and then on Twitter. I'm not super uh, active on the old Instagram much anymore, but Twitter for sure. Uh, you yeah. can follow me on Twitter, Aaron underscore Smith ninety five. Literally always bringing that BDE on Twitter, so I appreciate to, that but... on my timeline. <laughs> I try to do my. I'm I'm no uh, hot take hail, but I do my I do my best. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on. We were glad to finally get it going. I know this was in the works for a minute, bro. Finally no, came I, through. I, I appreciate. It. I'm I'm super excited to be on this. Um, I mean, I talk I talk sports to people that probably don't care about hearing about sports on a daily basis. So it's finally, <laughs> uh, it's finally good to kind of to to talk amongst uh, my peers about that. So y'all are doing great things. I I'm a I love to catch. I love to catch a little pot of y'all talking, talking about the good stuff. So I appreciate it, and you guys. Appreciate uh, it. You guys thank are killing you, thank it. Thank you. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for coming on. Thanks, brother. Yeah, absolutely. What's, What's good? good? How are you? <laughs> What's good? Uh, dude, I'm fucking sweating out this Northern Iowa West Virginia game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back with another week of best bets. We got snacks here, Peter here. Kind of a rough week. Uh, college football did us mm. a little dirty. The Ooh. Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks. They were the well, the Ohio State well. A lot of bad things this weekend. Okay, yeah, let's just touch on those two quickly. Just Oregon Herbert. Yeah. That was so bad. Was I was bad. getting so mad watching that game. He threw two just terrible interceptions. And I knew – Right after the after we finished recording last week, that I started thinking about it, I was like, "That's just a classic game that Oregon's gonna lose and just throw out all their title hopes." Like the Pac-10 never makes a playoff for a reason. Like Pac-12, bro. Pac-12. Come Pac-12. On. Excuse me. Second. Not very PC. Very very boomer of me. Um, yeah. But so that was just a disaster. And Ohio State literally donated two touchdowns to Penn State. They did. Know, those fumbles, like in the was it mid second quarter, to basically like keep Penn State in the game. It's 21-0. I was, like, kicking my feet up. 
the other thing I know is 21-17 and Ohio State like has to scrape out just the win, let alone yeah. the spread. So it was just like Ohio State was obviously that the better That sucked team. for everyone because I yeah. feel like if you bet on that, like if, if you took somebody, you probably took Ohio State and you probably also took the over and neither of those hit. Yeah. So there was just two losses that – it was just a classic gambling case where you bet on the better team and the better team doesn't win. They just, win, just not by yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, it's just – that's why you can't win doing this game, but we're gonna we're gonna try to. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna win this week. The bankroll's at two twelve, so we're we're still chilling. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, so. Five. You want to take us through all the picks from last week's snacks? Just walk us through a quick recap, or should we just skip it? Yeah, we can just do a re- quick recap. Um, all right, all right. I was kidding. So, Go for it. <laughs> Forty dollar pick was Oregon. L. Uh, Thirty dollar Georgia. L. Another case of a good team winning, just not by as much as you need them to, damn mm-hmm. it. Ohio State, uh, minus 18, L. And the then one. pushed pushed Oklahoma State, minus West Virginia, or minus seven against West Virginia. Um, just not not one for the record books. Oh, three and one. Uh, got my best bet, though, but just, you know. But we're still up. We're still weeks, up a yeah, good amount. These, so. these, weeks, these weeks happen. You win some, you lose some. That's why we're doubling down this week. Yes. We're going $200 picks we're instead chasing. of $100 picks. We, we are, are upgrading. Yeah, we are We are going to go hit them hard this week. So, Snacks, take us through your first pick this week. Where's the $80 pick? $80. I almost said 40 out of habit. Where's the $80 pick at here? The $80 pick, it's, uh, it's a little less than 100 for those of you keeping track at home. <laughs> $80 is going on. You know it's coming. The Iowa Hawkeyes, oh. minus five and a half at Nebraska. Um, it's on yeah. Friday, Friday afternoon at one thirty, and I just want you all to picture yourself. You're going to be hungover, full from the day before, probably leftovers in the morning for lunch. It's going to be about one thirty. You're going to turn on ABC. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> the leftovers for lunch. Your oh, yeah. hash brown that's casserole. Not really, that's not really or... my go-to hungover. Well, oh, after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, Friday. Okay. Yeah, come on. Okay, okay. My bad. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is, it is Thanksgiving, Jackson. Sorry. Uh, I forget. Have... I forget society exists sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's going to be at one thirty. You're going to throw on ABC. It's going to be kind of rainy, overcast in Lincoln. Nebraska always plays that Friday game. And Nebraska's going to come out and shit the bed. It's a yearly tradition. Nebraska's – I remember back when I was like 12 years old, throwing on Nebraska, Colorado in the Big 12. In Nebraska, it, it was always kind of cold and Lincoln, overcast. And then they, they just play terribly in that game every year. Uh, so I think Iowa comes in with a little juice, five and a half. That's basically a touchdown. Uh, and a little stat here, Nebraska has the 10th ranked uh, rushing defense in the Big, Ten, Big 12, Big 10 out of 12 teams. <laughs> Can't keep track of all that. <laughs> they have one of the worst rushing defenses in their conference. And Iowa, you know what they do? They just run the ball, run the ball, pass it, you know, once every blue moon. So I think Iowa comes in there, shuts them down on defense, uh, scores enough points on offense to just get out of there with a probably like thinking 21 to like six game, just ugly. You just, you just bet on it to just get through the afternoon, avoid your family. Uh, but bet. <laughs> But bet on the Iowa Hawkeyes. I love that. I love yeah. that. Nebraska is going to be feeling good coming off a 54-7 route of Maryland. It's going to be another classic. I think letdown. everyone – Maryland started like 2-0, and and then since then I think every single team has beat them by at least 50 points. Oh, yeah. yeah. They stink. Put no weight into that, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's an eight-dollar pick. Um, just I just had to throw that in just because uh, you know that Friday afternoon game after Thanksgiving is always just a blast to watch. It's always ugly. It's just always cold. Just nothing better to do than throw that game on. Are there um, any other before you do the thirty-dollar pick real quick here? Any other Friday games here that intrigue you? Anything that uh, catches your eye? Texas, Texas Tech could be decent. Um, I think there's a couple like Big Twelve or Pac-12 games late that'll kind of keep me hanging on. Um, one here, it's it's Power Six here, not Power Five, but uh, Memphis and Cincinnati that could be a oh. good one. Eighteen and nineteen. I mean, that not amazing, but yeah, Cincinnati or Memphis minus ten and a half. Yeah, you that's said that's crazy huh. because Houston's ten and one, and their only loss is to Ohio State. They're undefeated in conference play. Huh. Yeah, those Friday games are nice to just kind of bri- bridge you through the Thursday NFL games yeah. until, like, the main event Saturday. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll throw this game on at 3 in the afternoon. Um, so, yeah, uh, moving on. The $60 pick. Formerly oh, known yeah. as $30 pick. Jeez, I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kansas State Wildcats are getting five points at home against Iowa State. Uh, it's a Saturday game. And this is just one of those games that K State always wins. They're I think they're seven and four right now, and they're just gonna find a way to have that like happy, merry end of the season win. Send their, send their seniors out on a high note. You know, it's just, it's just K State always finds a way to just have positivity going into the end of the football season, which as a KU fan, I know nothing about. So <laughs> I I don't it, why why do you think that they're giving Iowa State five points here when it's in Manhattan, and they're both seven and four. They both got some good wins and some not great losses. What what is the reasoning behind this? Because I don't really get it. Well, so last time we saw K State on kind of this mid afternoon game, they lost to uh, West Virginia at home. So I think Vegas doesn't really know what to do with them. But then they bounce and, back and beat Tech on the road. I mean, I know Tech's not great, but that's not a bad I mean, team that you should just route. I mean, it's no yeah. KU. Sorry, but. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, Iowa State's been good. K State or KU almost beat them last week, actually in Ames. Um, but Iowa good, State, good little game. Yeah, it was a great game. It was a nice <laughs> game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Vegas. I guess. Always- I guess Iowa State also did beat Texas, and they played OU really close. So that might be part of it. But I mean, by that logic, you look back to three, three, four weeks ago, and Kansas State upset OU. So I just. I don't really get that. But, yeah, I like that pick because this line, I mean, Vegas must know something I don't Mm -hmm. because I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, And it's just like I'm not really doing it for like – I'm not really looking at the stats on this one. I just know that I can just picture that game happening Saturday afternoon and like the student section storming the field. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's so great to be in Manhattan. They're carrying the seniors out on their shoulders. I've seen it before. I don't need to see it again, but I think we will. Yeah. so, yeah, moving on, $40 pick. Um, had to go back to them. Couldn't stay away. The Oregon Ducks. Let's oh, go. Oh, oh, bold man. It's, it's minus 20 at home versus Oregon State. This is just a classic game where they come out. You know, they had a big slip-up last week. I'm not going to lie. but bet the over in that game is like 75 points. Yeah. Um, they're just going to come out, route them. Um, they theoretically can still make the pack. 12 championship it's an outside chance so you know they're just gonna come in there and say hey let's just roll this team see if we can sneak in the, the fiesta bowl or you know one of those big bowl games 
um, you know, senior night. I think they play with some motivation. In Oregon State, it's, it's not really a pick towards Oregon. It's more of a pick away from Oregon State. I mean, yeah, they, Oregon State's not, no good. They give up. Yeah, they give up thirty three point three points a game. Yeah, and Oregon's defense is pretty good. So I think Oregon scores a lot of points and doesn't give up a lot of points, which usually bodes well. Yeah, the over under on that sixty six. Wait, not quite as high as I thought it'd be, but Hammer, still pretty yes. stupid. You think it'll be over that? Oh yeah. I mean, I bet Oregon scores fifty two probably. Yeah, and I mean, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Oregon State will put up you know a little backdoor effort, but I think because it Oregon, is kind of the in state rival, so I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll try to put some points on the board. But yeah, I, I kind of like that. You know, surely Oregon's going to come up fired up to prove to people they're for real, and I think Herbert really needs to have a good game to improve yeah. his draft stock because his exactly. draft stock he probably just went from a late first rounder to a second or third rounder after that game mm-hmm. because I watched that and I was like, nope, that guy doesn't have it. And I'm not an NFL scout that's super critical. I mean, I, I was someone who was partial to Oregon and wanted them to rent, win for a lot of reasons. But, you know, whatever. My eyes can see it. Other people's can too. Because some of those picks were just terrible. Like, yeah. they're not even justifiable. He misread coverages and just didn't even see guys that were right in front of him. Yeah, it was not good. Um, hold on. I'm just kind of like looking at my phone. Stephen F. Austin is currently beating Duke. No In shit. Cameron Indoor. Yeah. No and, uh, way. Yeah, there's about eight minutes left. So yeah, I've got it at sixty-four, sixty-four, just yeah. under eight minutes. Wow. Sorry, I just thought that was worth mentioning. A little time capsule for when the this pod releases. Um, <laughs> so yeah, moving on. Sorry, uh, twenty-dollar <laughs> pick. I know you guys already touched on it, the Bedlam preview, but yeah, I love Oklahoma State plus thirteen uh, versus versus Oklahoma. Uh, they would Oklahoma State would love nothing more than to just put the nail in the coffin of Oklahoma's playoff hopes. Um, you know, Dude, already- that oh, Stillwater is just going to be rocking. Like, I'm excited for Thanksgiving to see my family and everything, but I'm already like looking forward to getting back for that game. And mm-hmm. I can just see it. I mean, Boone Pickens is going to be rocking. They're going to play. I'm sure a tribute to Boone before that game, and everyone's just oh. going to be going buck wild. I get that. This is the one that everyone's counted us out. We got the backup quarterback, you know, said a lot of this stuff earlier, but I could just see it happening. Like, I, I like I like covering here. I like OSU covering at, I think it was 13 and a half the last place I saw it. Let okay, me check yeah. again where it's at right now. Yeah, 13 and a half is what I'm seeing of that. And then um, the money line is plus 425. I might take spread in the money line on that one. I mean, and just, you got to. Just yeah. hope for the best and drink a lot, either in celebration or out of misery regardless. Because I'm thinking, you know what? Even if we lose the game, at least if I cover, I'm like, hey, you know what? At least we covered. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think they could win. I mean, we've seen Jalen Hurts look, you He's know, been begging to lose games in the fourth he's quarter. Been, he's been bad. I mean, forget about, yeah. like, him being, you know, kind of a sleeper Heisman pick early in the year. He just looks like not a good quarterback in some of these, these late-game situations. He's an athlete and not a thrower. He does not yeah. have the arm talent or the ability to read coverages like Baker and Kyler did. And we've yeah. all been saying that. And he's a douchebag on top of that. But we've all been saying that, and <laughs> nobody wanted to listen. But it's looking pretty obvious. Like, he's no number one pick. He's no Heisman winner. And anyone that tries to say he is is a stupid OU homer that probably lives with their mom. That was an oddly specific uh, demographic there. 
Well, I can do you know, think of, do you know a couple. Do you know a couple I, of those. I folks? could name about probably seventy-five <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> the neighbor, the neighbors uh, down the street in Tulsa. Anyone, anyone in the fucking state, damn near. <laughs> go into your local come and go or Seven Eleven or wherever the fuck you want to go. It's pretty much. <laughs> oh my God, my tooth might be missing, but Jalen Hurts is gonna take us to the national championship and made the first draft pick on Baker and Tyler. That's about what you get here. It sounds like PFT doing Mahomes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, like I said, they would love nothing more than to just, you know, completely knock out. Do they still have a chance of playing? Does Oklahoma State still have a chance of playing in the Big Twelve Championship? I was trying no, to like since Baylor you know, and OU won last week, they're both locked in. Ah, uh, well, I mean, actually, I, no, I think you're right. I, I was trying to. Like, I think that's right too, but well, let me double check here. Yeah, it is. OU only has one loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've got three. Okay, for a second I was thinking maybe we had two and one of our losses was non-conference, but no, they're both in. Okay, yeah. Just, Which mean, sucks, but. If, if they could have knocked o- Oklahoma out of the Big 12 championship too, they would have been playing their ball sack off. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think they still will. I think they cover. I don't know about winning, but, I mean, plus 425, I think it's a close enough game to where, you know, it's worth that worth that little risk so yeah and it's a um, rivalry game like it, it's one of those games where i don't care how bad osu is there are years where we're five and six or six and five coming into this game and we still put up a damn good fight and it's a one possession game with 45 seconds left mm-hmm. i feel um, like it's that's how it goes about 65 to 70 percent of the time comes down to the wire the other 30 35 percent of the time we just get poo poo pee peed on but hopefully that does not happen this weekend I don't think it's going to be one of those. I think yeah, this OU team is not good enough to do that. I don't either. But I don't think this OU team is good enough to do that. And I think it's just the classic, we've got nothing to lose game, and we go in there and give them hell. I love it. Um, see, I kind of flew through that. I don't know if there's any other games you guys want to touch on. Uh, we'll touch on the big one in best bets. Um, but last last weekend of the season, any, any kind of final thoughts before uh, – we close down uh, the 2019 college football regular season. Um, Ohio State jumped. It's over. I know. Yeah, I can't either. It went by quick, but Ohio State jumped LSU, went from two to one. Do you all agree with that? It doesn't um, really matter, honestly, unless one of them loses. But the yeah, way they, the way they've been winning every game and dominating teams by double digits. I know they didn't cover against Penn State, but they still won. In somewhat convincing fashion, I think the committee is just, you know, giving them credit for that win, and that's all it really is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, uh, let's see here. Let me let me take a look at the slate and see if there's any there's, big there's games. Bama, Bama, Auburn. Yeah, Bama minus, Bama minus four. I really had no idea what to do with that. That's um, a stay away from me, just because. Did you see what Saban said? Uh huh. Oh man, he's do- okay. I'm just. Oh boy. This is a little tangent, but he said that this is the best team they've played all year, or they will have played all year. He said that about Auburn. I mean, I mean, you he's being say, petty, but it's yeah, true. You, other than LSU, but I think that was like where he was pointing the shot was at LSU. Yeah, um, but Alabama did play pitiful against LSU and still managed yeah. to 
get it close. Well, the thing is, he's just trying to talk up Auburn to the committee so that they give them more credit for beating a good Auburn team. And I think kudos to him if that's true. That's smart. I mean, might as well hype him up for when you beat him to make your resume look better if it can help at all, even if it's a little bit subconsciously. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just canceling Bama. I'm canceling Paul Feinbaum. Canceling Harvey Updike. Let's go Auburn. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it would throw the throw the playoff committee into a blender, just having to pick kind of that fourth team, because assuming George loses to LSU in that championship, I don't know who. Oh, guys, guys, there's something big we're missing here. What's that? Ohio State-Michigan. What's going to happen there? It's at an eight-and-a-half-point oh, line. Uh, games in Michigan. That's uh, – the, that's that's the well. That's... We'll get to that. We'll get oh, to that. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm screwing the pooch here, guys. My bad. Sorry. Let's just do it. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. That's just Yeah, why not? Um, I should have known. It's snacks. Like, I yeah, should have known. My you bad. Know Sorry. Yeah. You know me. You know me. So, you said eight and a half. I have it at Michigan plus nine and a half. Um, and all year, I've been going with the Ohio State Buckeyes. We said it before, going back to the well. But this week. Oh. <gasps> This week. Uh-oh. No. Yes. The one-two no. switcheroo? The one-two switcheroo, poisoning the well. Oh. Michigan, plus nine and a half. I think that they keep this within a touchdown, and I'll, I'll say why. It's in Ann Arbor. Obviously helps. Um, and if you look at their last eight games, Michigan has scored 36 points per game. You know, they've been putting up mid-40s the last couple weeks. Um albeit kind of lower competition. But the big thing that's kind of kept Michigan out of these Ohio State games was, you know, the defense has been okay, but they just can't – they couldn't score any points. But now I think they've figured out an offense to at least put up points to compete. And I think Ohio State I, – I don't know. I think they're kind of looking forward. Michigan has figured not, it out. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Patterson and Harbaugh look like what they're supposed to have looked like the last two seasons, finally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be uh, – look at the weather. It's going to be, like, rainy slash snowy Saturday in Ann Arbor. So <sighs> I like Justin Fields in that system, though. Well, I, yeah, I think it limits kind of their big play, which is the, kind of their go-to, just big play, striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I just think 10 points it, – it'll probably move up, up to a full 10, I assume. That sounds like, like a game that's going to be won in the trenches, for sure. Like, that, that yeah. sounds like a game that's going to be ground and pound. Who can get the advantage of the line of scrimmage? Slow down, J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think Ohio State wins. I think it's maybe a three or seven point game, but I just think Michigan. We've been waiting for them for four years for Harbaugh to finally compete. Um, I don't think this is the year he wins it, but I think this is the year he shows that he can at least compete with Ohio State, <laughs> which is a step forward for the for the seven guy. Seven straight Jeez. losses. I hope so. Yeah, I mean it's it's pat it's pa- they're past due to. What do you guys think the the odds would be if you uh, parlayed the Michigan money line and the Oklahoma State money line? Good. That'd be yeah. like what? Do you lot. think it'd be over ten to one? No, it's definitely over ten to one because OSU yeah, be is like, like four and a half to one. It'd be like twenty like, to one. I was thinking like fifteen. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it might be worth sprinkling. Don't do a, it. A measly little ten dollars <laughs> by a small little lottery ticket. Scratch oh. off sticker, maybe we'll see. Nice. Probably not, but 
You never know. That's something that I could see. Those are two big upsets that I think are most likely to happen this weekend in rivalry games, just because it's a rivalry game. And I think the spread kind of goes out the damn window in a rivalry game, and a lot of those are more of a coin flip than people want to admit. Yeah, I agree. Which is why Um, Michigan's a good pick here. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be, I assume it'll move up to the full 10 just because. I don't uh, know. I've seen it moving back the other way a little bit. Really? Yeah. I I bet it would go up. To, I mean, I'm sure people Sunday, Saturday morning are going to be like, I'm going to going to win this game by 40 and just put, just keep blowing them up. I bet it gets up to that full 10, which in that case. Um, That's you know, when I it'll change that. and then people will start hammer in Michigan. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm officially locking it in for the case of best bets at nine and a half. That's what I see right now. So, um, okay. That's what, so, let's go. All right. Peter, you next or me here? Oh, boy. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Okay. So, I'm down to six and two. I took my second L. I was feeling cocky again. Uh, the Colts covered Thursday night against the Texans, but the Raiders. Threw mm. up the biggest dud of the season. Mm, I needed yeah. I needed one more touchdown to hit the over forty and a half. Derek Carr got pulled in the fourth quarter. The rest is history. Should have taken Devontae or Deontay Wilder by knockout. That's what my best bet should have been. Um, going on to this week, I'm, I'm getting a little weird again. Five leg parlay money line. <laughs> Let's go. Oh. Okay, so you can consult with me if you don't like any of these games. There's one so, I don't like, I'll tell you that. But let's hear them all first. Yeah, I know the one you don't like, and it's, we'll it's a there. fallacy in the way people think about Sean Watson and we'll Houston, get there. Texas. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. I, I knew you. I, I knew you knew I knew. Yeah, yeah, All right, let's go. Green Bay over the New York Giants. They're coming off of a whooping from the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron right. Rodgers is going to get them back on track, fighting right. for, playoff, uh, for a playoff Trying spot, to win you know? the division. Yeah, Exactly. All right, moving on. Carolina Panthers over the Washington Redskins. Same thing. Kyle Allen's trying to keep the Panthers alive in the NFC. This is easy money. Played right, pretty solid got... against the Saints last week, too. Exactly. All right, moving on. Third leg. The Kansas City Chiefs, mm. you got Tyreek Hill getting healthier and healthier. They're playing against the Raiders. The Chiefs have everything to play for. That's the common theme in these first three legs. The Chiefs need this win. They do not want to have to play at Baltimore and at New England. Make it count. What the Raiders. Uh, I will be in attendance for that game, so I'll, uh, Ooh, hell I'll, be, yeah. I'll be cheering them. Let's go. Okay. We got the Chiefs there. Fourth leg, the New York Jets. Yeah, I'm doing it. Over yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yeah. That, yeah defense, I like that. that defense is really <laughs> picking it together. Andy Dalton Zach, back this week, though. Make you nervous? <laughs> no. They do not at all. They're, they're just piss poor. Zach Taylor is he is the poster boy of coordinator face. He's a not. I, I just don't get it. I like the way the Jets have been playing. They're putting up points. Three straight games of 34 points. Hey, did you hear the headline today? Sam Darnold apparently went out after the team's win and got really drunk and kissed a girl, is what the media quotes say. How dare dare that bastard do that? A 23-year-old is doing... A 23-year-old is a 23-year-old, yeah. Yeah, breaking news. (laughs) Yeah, I read an actual article on that today, and it was funny. The memes were pretty great. 
You know the one where it's like Sam Darnold pointing and it's got the stats and like the one that was like has mono out eight weeks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about that meme. It was mm-hmm. like got really drunk, kissed a girl. <laughs> out, well, for, out for six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Sam Darnold is a meme. Um, okay, last leg here. The New England Patriots going into Houston. They're only a three-point favorite, taking them on the money line. We saw the Ravens shut down Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans really didn't look that impressive against the Colts on Thursday night, as I mentioned. And I just love the way the, this team plays defense. Stephon Gilmore, best corner in the league. It'll be a great matchup between him and DeAndre Hopkins, but I think this defense is just too good. I disagree. Tell me why. Because the thing that to me really seemed like the biggest problem they had was with Lamar's speed and Lamar's ability to stay stay alive in the pocket, make things happen, and get outside the pocket and create. And I think, obviously, Deshaun Watson is different than Lamar Jackson and is not quite as quick and not quite the athlete Lamar is. But Deshaun is a damn good athlete, and he's damn good at keeping plays alive and extending them with his legs. And I think that is where the Patriots are going to run into some trouble. And Hopkins is great. Gilmore's great. But I give Hopkins the edge in that matchup. I have not seen a corner that can oh shut him down gosh. yet. I'm just saying. I know Gilmore is having a crazy good season. But Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the league. Mm, he hasn't really reflected that this year, and Amari Cooper was held to zero catches. I don't know, man. You're right about Lamar they were being also different. playing in shitty conditions in New England. Well, I don't know. I think and the reason Amari they lost the Baltimore. Bug. I, I don't know. I think the Baltimore game was a turnover battle for New England. I just think they're going to get it done again. It's that simple. That's that's the one pick that I'm trying to get you some value here in this parlay. That gets it up to plus 360. So just to run back through it, uh, Packers, Panthers, Chiefs, Jets, and the New England Patriots. Plus 360, lock it in. Okay. I like that. The only change I would make is I would take out New England and I would sub in my best bet, teased at one point. But the line right now is the Saints at minus seven. They're playing Atlanta, and the game is in Atlanta. But the thing is here, three weeks ago, the Falcons upset the Saints and got their third win of the season. And it was a complete fluke. It shouldn't have happened. And the Saints are not going to let that happen again this week. They're way too good. They are just going to absolutely go in and steamroll the Falcons and get revenge. It was a recent game. It wasn't like it happened week one or week two. It happened a couple weeks ago. It's fresh on their mind. It's Thanksgiving, primetime game. They're going to go in there and handle business. Uh, there's just no way they don't. Huh. I like it. That's what I, I like got it. for you. Snacks, you got anything on that? No. I mean, honestly, I, I, don't, I haven't been watching a bunch of NFL lately, um, but – I don't know. I would like to talk about Lamar Jackson for a second. I watched him last night. Uh huh. Unbelievable. I mean, I. MVP. I'm, I'm, yes. Probably. <laughs> Can I they win the Super so. Bowl? Yes. I think they're the betting favorite now. I saw their. Plus Do you two like t- them? Or yeah, plus two fifty and Patriots moved to plus three hundred, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you like them over the Chiefs? Chiefs fan bias aside, if they run into each other in the playoffs, they're playing in Baltimore. Who you got? Right now, yes, but I think the Chiefs. The one thing I will say is that I think the Ravens peaked too early. I kind of agree with that. I think if they can sustain where they're at, 
which is going to be hard to do because they can't mm-hmm. get any better. Like they literally cannot get any better. So yeah. if they can sustain where they're at, it's going to be scary. But I don't think the Chiefs can really get any worse. I think the Chiefs are about at their floor right now with, you know, obviously Mahomes has been banged up and that didn't help. But they just have not been firing on all cylinders like they were to start the season and like they were for all of last season. So I think if mm-hmm. the Chiefs kind of get it rolling and get back into form here, the Ravens could be trending down a little bit and the Chiefs could be trending up pretty heavy. And I think the Chiefs could get them still. I think there's a whole lot of season left, too. I think Tyreek Hill is everything for the Chiefs. Oh, exactly. He's a stretcher. I mean, he's a difference. Yeah, he's supposed to play Sunday, but that hamstring, I mean, within one play, he could be back on the bench if he, like, tweaks it wrong. Yeah. So He's had the injury bug. It's super, yeah, it's super scary with the hamstring just because he could be looking 100% and then one little tweak, he could be, he could be back out for three weeks. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just, he's so important for that offense and – It'll be tough to go anywhere on the road and win, especially Foxborough or Baltimore, but I just think the Chiefs are going to get better and better. And um, I mean, come January, it'll, it'll be uh, interesting seeing the a- AFC. Yeah. Uh, one thing I saw today, Snacks, just doing a little digging, and I can't remember if it was – it was somewhere between – I think it was plus 600 or plus 700, the Chiefs to come out of the AFC. And I kind of like that. Just, just to win the AFC championship? Yeah, to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably about right. Um, I just hate going I think on the it's road. A, I think it's a three-horse race. But the, the oh, biggest sure. thing people have struggled with is stopping Lamar. And the Chiefs' answer to that is just outscoring. Can you stop Mahomes? And I think it's mm-hmm. equally as hard to stop Mahomes. And so I think they have a good chance in that game. They're playing much different than they were at the beginning of the season, but they beat them once already. And then the Patriots, the thing with them is they've had close duels already. The Chiefs know they can hang with them. And the Patriots' defense just shut everybody down. I don't know if the Patriots' offense could put up enough points to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, even in Foxborough. Like, I think it might take the conditions similar to the Cowboys game for that to happen. Like, I think it would take really shitty weather for the Patriots to stop the Chiefs in the playoffs. Does that sound crazy? No. No, no, no. I don't know. This Chiefs team's just or this Chiefs team just hasn't been fully healthy once this season. Exactly. And if that I can need to happen, see what that looks like. I think it looks a lot like last season. I think there's no reason to believe any difference. I think the defense is better if anything. You've got all the same guys on offense. You can finally get your line healthy and you can have Tyreek Hill healthy out there. Plus you've got Hardman and Robinson and some of the other guys that have contributed this year Ooh, and I'm been able to chills. get some confidence, you know, like you're going to be damn good. Like, they're going to be better than last year, I would think. They still got the same coaching. They got the same quarterback. And the defense is beefed up. Like, if you could just get healthy, they're going to get on a roll, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick update. Just checked the Stephen F. Austin Duke score. Stephen F. Austin up one with <gasps> 90 seconds oh, left. Oh, my gosh. All right. We might have to go watch that, guys. Uh, okay. They were they were minus twenty seven or I'm yeah, pulling it up twenty seven right point on my computer. Yeah. yeah, that's bonkers. Stephen F. Austin haven't heard anything about them since they're the twelve seed in the tournament with Brad Underwood about five years ago. Throwback. Yep. The Brad Jacks. Underwood, that damn bastard, came here for one year <laughs> then left. Holder kind of pushed him out of town. I remember hearing, but still didn't get the bag. Nope. Got offered a whole lot more somewhere else. Still in 
noise. Okay. We good? Yes, sir. That's good. all I got. Snacks, you got anything else? No. Pl- plug yourself a little? Uh, Yeah, find me on Twitter. I can never remember my username. Finding it real quick. Jack underscore McGrath 13. Yeah, that's the one. I've been tweeting that. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that college football is almost done. We got this week and then Commerce Championships, Army Navy, which let me just say, I love that game more than anything. That's such a fun game to watch. Um, and then a lot the playoffs. fundamental blocking in oh, that game. It's always snowy, it's always cold. A it's, lot of uh, rushing yards. A lot of rushing yards. Just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be back for bowl season. Um, yes, hopefully, sir. championship. So, so got a long ways to go, but it's just crazy how much time's flown by. Yes, yeah, sir. It's gone by quick. Uh, I think we should extend best bets into the end of all of football season. Just, you know. Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay, easily. good. Because I don't want to get the ass tat yet. I'd like to have more of a larger <laughs> sample size before I have to serve that punishment. Facts. Yes, full, sir. Uh, full conference championship game pod next week. You good with that? Absolutely. All right. some, good, some good ones. Everything we need to go out. game by game and break each one down because that's mm-hmm. – yeah, that, that sounds like what we need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two coming next week.